0: Welcome to XR Star, your monthly podcast where we talk all things extended reality. I'm your host, futurist Amelia Coleman. Today, we are talking about XR and the future of broadcast. Over the past several years, many things have changed, one being consumer expectations, which have been shaped and informed by new technologies, social media, and our society at large. For broadcasters, this means embracing technologies that create more dynamic presentations and applying XR to this medium is proving not only engaging, but also thrilling and exciting. If you were one of the 13.2 million people who tuned in to the popular BBC show Strictly Come Dancing last year, you know what I'm talking about. Due to the challenges of recording during the pandemic, less people in general to make props and sets and move them about, the studio turned to augmented reality, overlaying whole animated environments and props throughout the show, from racing cars to skyscrapers and elephants, captivating and surprising audiences every week. While broadcasters around the world were unable to return to their broadcasting studios and forced to report the news from their own homes, one company put their broadcasting technology to the test and created Visor TV. Using Monarch Edge technology and green screen, they were able to create a talk show format that made it appear that the host was sat across from their guest, while really both parties were socially distanced in the comfort of their own homes. Instead, we'll all be able to be inside my presentations. When I talk about data, a 3D graph will come up around me that I can walk around. When I talk about regional differences between social media usage, I'll be able to be stood on a street corner in Shanghai one minute and stood under the Hollywood sign the next. And someday future generations might look back on this time and not believe that we ever used to do presentations or broadcast in 2D. The range of possibilities XR brings to broadcasters is only constrained by our own imaginations. Some of the most impressive examples of XR in broadcasting can be attributed to visual experience technology platform, Disguise. Our guest on the show today is Simon Davis, Disguise's project specialist in broadcast. Disguise is a platform for creatives and technologists to imagine, create, and deliver spectacular live visual experiences. Combining leading production software with powerful media server hardware, Disguise empowers brands, artists, and production houses to tell stories that inspire their audiences. If you watched MTV Music Video Awards last year or Katy Perry's performance on American Idol or Dave performing at the Brit Awards, then you're already familiar with his work. So to kick things off, wondering if you can tell us a bit about yourself and your background, how you got into this industry, as well as a bit about Disguise.
1: So uh, I've got a 25 year history of working in broadcast. So I started off in the BBC uh, working in local radio and worked my way up as a researcher, assistant producer, and then a studio director and producer across shows like children's and entertainment, uh, things like uh, Eurovision Song Contest and uh, you know, children's presentation. Uh, then I took a, um, a bit of a change. Uh, 13, 14 years ago, I set up my own consultancy where I was doing branding work. So I looked up after the branding on-air of channels for ITV, Discovery, MTV, Um, broadcasters like that and this year with the pandemic i decided i wanted a bit of a shift in my career and i'd always been interested in disguise as a platform and and how it enabled creatives to um, bring their vision uh, to live events and i saw that it was being used more and more in film and television so i decided to reach out and uh, send them my cv and within a week um I had a job offer and I was uh, working with them. So that was about 10 weeks ago. And um, Disguise is a really Amazing. great company to be working with. They, um, it, it's a platform of hardware and software that enables creatives to imagine and create and deliver spectacular visual um, experiences, whether that be at a concert in a museum um, or in a studio. Um, They've got a 20-year history in live events. They started off doing screens for concerts. Um, And so that has really led to a a real solid base of reliability. Um, They've also innovated in the the recent times and have delivered a robust XR solution because they see that as a a really important step uh, in the roadmap to growth. Um, And they were actually named one of the Financial Times fastest growing businesses um, uh, this year, uh, which is something in in a pandemic year.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, amazing. And I love that story about how you came to join them. Um, So one thing that I have found um, hosting the XR Summit, as well as this podcast, is that people immediately associate XR with headsets. However, that is not the case with platforms like yours. So without getting too technical, wondering if you can explain how the technology works to some of our listeners who might not be as familiar with non-headset XR.
1: So I think the issue in the industry is that there's a lot of terminology that flies around and a lot of uh, XR, VR, AR, which people can get easily confused by. So XR is this extended reality. So What does that mean? It means that we can bring those experiences into the real world for people. So we can take a space and we can use projection mapping, we can use LED screens, and other ways of bringing an experience to an audience. A great example of that is the Illuminarium that's opening up in Atlanta. Um, It's actually just opened up this week, I think. That their audiences can walk through the African savannah and encounter the big five of elephants and giraffes, lions, etc. And they're taken into the world of, uh, of the Savannah due to the sheer scale of it. And also things like haptic feedback where, where they're standing, they can feel the vibrations of these animals. Um, and you could even include smells in that. Um, going forward, I think, that will allow for a rolling change of content, so you're bringing audiences back. Um, it really does immerse you in a uh, in the world. Basically, the beauty of this kind of experience is um, it's essentially like a cinema, but an experience, and you are taken into that world.
0: Yeah, one thing I love about it is how inclusive it is. So I sometimes think headsets can be very exclusive to the people around you in your natural environments. But in something like the Illuminarium experience, you can go with your whole family and get to experience that immersiveness all together, which I think is really exciting.
1: Absolutely. You're not separated.
0: Yeah. So towards the beginning, did you have any doubts about incorporating XR into live broadcasting? Was there ever a moment where you thought to yourself, what have I gotten myself into or or vice versa? A moment when you thought, this is it. I can see the future.
1: I think when it comes to broadcasters, uh, a lot of broadcasters are very conservative in the way that they operate. They're used to working in a certain way. That but that comes down to the way that engineers and talent are used to doing something. So they will always go with the way that they know. Um, for example, green screen. So they're used to dealing with green screen and they don't. they. They do most of their graphics work in post-production. So changing that mindset is really challenging, I think. Um, And the important thing for me is for them to experience what workflows we can bring to them. To understand how XR might change broadcast, you have to see it in action. See how easy it is to reshoot a scene, not have to wait for that golden hour when lighting is perfect for the sunset, or build a massive studio. You can have a tiny little studio anywhere in the world and you can create a world for your show. You don't have to fix everything in post-production either. So it's about turning those workflows around and having all the forethought to do it in pre-production rather than post-production. You can change it on set. Actors and presenters find it easier to deal with things around them. You don't have to worry about eyelines and things like that. And the lighting is really easy because you have actual light coming from LED panels, which is the right color and the right level of light to, to make it look realistic. Once you see it, you'll you'll actually believe it. And I think this is the moment that where everything clicked for me was when I watched Katy Perry, Daisy's performance for the American Idol final. Um, they used an LED stage and they matched that with set extension graphics. So As the camera pulls out, it's covering up the rest of the stage, which would be empty normally, or have crew standing around. And they combined that with layered graphics in a cartoon style, and also physical props, which um, Katie could actually interact with. I thought, you know, the use of dramatic camera moves and those physical props for me, it was a great showcase for XR workflows and technologies. And that was when I thought, wow, that's got a future in the industry. And um, you know we're seeing this used more in traditional studio environments now, such as sport and news. The, the technology allows uh, much bigger on-screen studios than you would normally get due to finances and space restraints. Um, now for the future as we, um, as we want to reduce carbon emissions as well, I think broadcasters will be looking to save money and save carbon emissions because they've committed to carbon savings. So XR would allow people to be teleported into the studio and be there physically, like you've discussed with interviewers and the interview subject being in the same space virtually. One example of this is the the Eurosport Cube. Um, It was first used in the uh, 2020 US Open And now they've expanded it even more with the Olympics. And it's really come into its own as obviously because of the pandemic year and the issues with hosting the Olympics in Japan, they couldn't send loads of people to Japan. So they can have a main studio with a core of talent and creatives and then bring guests in. And the guest can stand in that physical space via the virtue of LED stages. It's, It's really amazing to see.
0: I love that idea about using XR to be able to expand our physical constraints, and um, and absolutely. I if if you haven't seen Katy Perry on The American Idol, definitely look it up. She performs "Daisies." It's a beautiful um, example of what is possible, and um, and I think for me too, that's probably the moment that it clicked for me. And um, and yeah, it's really um, inspiring to hear too about how they're using it in live events as well as sports and is this something that you see um you know expanding and just becoming the norm in the future?
1: I certainly think so. I think it enables um lots of things that you would physically be unable to do previously. I think you know creatives can have an idea and they can fit a, a huge shooting schedule into t- 2 days which would normally take 10 days by having to go to different locations and things like that. I think what needs to happen is for those creative minds to to get engaged, see what they can do, and come on board.
0: And maybe, can you just um, talk to me a bit about the different challenges that come with live broadcast versus pre-recorded media?
1: Yeah, certainly. So reliability is huge in broadcast, especially live broadcast. Um, you don't want your transmission to... To go down you don't want your set to disappear around you i think the beauty of the disguise platform it's has, it's got a history of live events that's in its core uh, and the solutions are built around that requirement of reliability um, there's no room for error and things like transitions need to be flawless and luckily um, disguise has a, a range of workflows that enable people to react quickly um, we've got a tool which is for cam- a rapid camera calibration um it's really amazing to see. You've got a, a pattern of dots that appears on the, the LED screens. And the software works out where it is in relation to those dots and immediately knows where the cameras are positioned and where the panels are in relation to that. So it knows exactly how to set up the screens for the XR. Um, it enables us to match the virtual world to the physical set in essence we've also got really good tools for color calibration and it's really important in broadcast and film to keep color calibration and the workflows of color perfect throughout so in virtual production when filming on led backgrounds and um, things like reflections and lighting uh, can can result in color shifting when it's captured and viewed on screen so our calibration in in terms of color enables us to capture a final uniform color, um, and your footage is displayed and captured as you were expecting it to. Yeah. We're also um, proud that Disguise is currently recognized as an ACES corporate partner. So it, ACES is the color system from the Academy of Motion Pictures Sciences, and It ensures that basically throughout your workflow, you're speaking the same color language and that information is preserved throughout the entire color management pipeline.
0: So every industry has been impacted in some way by the pandemic. How has it changed things for Disguise? And are there any new trends that are emerging as a result?
1: So I think XR has seen a market growth, especially for Disguise, because it's being used more widely. Um, since 2019, XR has grown probably about eightfold um, and it's you know worth more than $209 billion by 2022, they claim. Um, I think the restrictions that we've had in the pandemic in terms of less crew and having to do things in a limited way has made people adopt new technologies quicker. We know this from home working, we know it from you know, using technology to meet people. And I think we can also see that in the broadcast sphere. I think the pandemic has also enabled people to have the time to adopt new skills. Um, We certainly saw a lot of people learning um, during lockdown. Um, People in production studios who worked in live events had to find new ways um, to work and staff were keen to learn those new skills. Um, Many have turned to XR as a way of delivering those experiences and to gain new customers. And those new tools have been learned and are being found to be valuable as well. So Unreal Engine is a, a really good example. You can download their tool for free and learn it. And there's lots of resources for learning in the community. And those new skills need to be developed for the industry. So Disguise has also launched its free e-learning platform and it's got 3000 people signed up so far. So there really is a willingness to learn these new tools.
0: Amazing. Well, I mean, for me, I think the scope of what is possible, we're just kind of barely scratching the surface on. And you mentioned earlier, it's one of those technologies that, you know, when you see it, you believe it, you know? And so the more people get exposed to it and understand um, the benefits of it, Um, especially during these funny times that we live in, I see it becoming more adopted. and, um, And yeah, it's exciting that it's open and available for people to learn and develop on it. And actually that kind of brings me to my next question, which is around the corporate enterprise point of view. How do you see these technologies altering the future of business?
1: So I think brand experiences are being reinvented through it. Um, You can turn a warehouse space into an experience with very little building work, but some investment in hardware and software. And you can change it as many times as you want. I think COVID-19 and carbon footprint considerations also mean that there may not be huge conferences where people travel to a venue. um, And so they can attend virtually. And I think XR enables... Uh, an added layer of benefit for those people attending. So I think we're seeing um, brands deliver their experiences in a much better way. Um, For example, Maserati launched their new MC20 car, and it was a hybrid event with XR, and that got 27 million online views. More recently, Kia um, took over Times Square and used Disguise to control all these large LED screens over several blocks to launch one of their latest cars and i think we're also seeing a mix of music concerts and online gaming so for example Fortnite has ariana grande appearing um within Fortnite to do a series of performances um, and also cascade did a concert um within the game so it's all really exciting yeah
0: I think there's kind of an assumption that to do this kind of experience, it must be crazy expensive and um, and also perhaps hard to prove the ROI. What's your thoughts on that?
1: So I think the way that costs are broken down needs to change. I think production managers and producers need to look at how their budgets are structured because it's a very traditional way of creating a budget. And almost reverse it. So, taking those post-production costs, the cost to travel for your crew, um, things like hotel rooms, flights, etc., upload those into the front end. So you have got more preparation. Um, things like costs of reshoots that you might you know need in a reserve budget, those kind of things can be done away with because you're doing your reshoot immediately. And also post-production and graphics traditionally quite expensive in the tail end and if that's structured in a a proper way you can do it in pre-production and have everything signed off by the time you get to the stage i think that's the really exciting thing is changing people's workflows um, to see benefits and both in terms of creative but also in economical benefits as well
0: it sounds to me like you're um, talking about condensing the, the what can be an extensive workflow as well, that it can actually make it happen faster.
1: I think it's really interesting that you can take a scene and change it on the fly. So if you are at sunrise and you think, oh, actually, the scene would work better in terms of timing to be at sunset, then you can change the lighting. You can change where the sun is. You can move rocks around. We've all seen the videos of things uh, being moved real time across the stage. Traditionally, if that was a physical set, you'd have uh, carpenters and painters and set crew who are having to be on standby just to do that kind of work. In this instance, what you've got is somebody powering Unreal Engine to move that or to change the lighting, global lighting, to work. Um, And it's instantaneous. Also, all the crew all the talent and the creatives can see exactly what's happening and react to that. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's really interesting developments, I think.
0: Yeah, for sure. So one thing we often focus on are the positives of these technologies and the opportunities that they create, but often there are risks as well. Do you have any fears or reservations about the future of XR? And then also what are your hopes for the future?
1: I don't think there are many downsides because we can use these tools to the benefit and um, encouragement of those people using those technologies is really important. It's a technology that allows people to be in multiple different worlds that the productions we've seen using it are, are no short of amazing. Right now we're seeing it being used in the Olympics, in the Euros, and in many big scale events. I think the really interesting thing for me would be to see It used in a way that's just fundamentally normal. So a production would not think it's a new thing to do. It would be just, oh, right, we're going to engage XR stage for this. I think my only reservation is that people definitely need to learn the new skills. And that normalization of the XR world won't happen until that base level of skills is in the industry. People need to create graphics in Unreal Engine, etc. Most broadcasters don't have this skill set in house, and most Unreal content creators have come from a gaming background, so they don't have a broadcast knowledge. That needs to change. We can do an education piece, I think, on in terms of broadcast, um, but we can't teach the fundamental skills because people have to learn it for themselves. I think. Having e-learning platforms like Disguises and our community allows people to find that talent and, and those people to find jobs. So I think it's really important having a, a central place where these people can convene.
0: Well, and essentially, it sounds to me like this is opening up whole new opportunities in the job market for people um, with really unique skills that um, that are new that anyone can learn. And I love that. I love that you know people who've maybe been in the industry for a long time can can learn a new skill, whereas also kids coming up who have an interest in this can also learn a new skill. And I love that idea about um, those different different kinds of people and the diversity and inclusivity that is is um, potentially available for us in the future in shaping what comes of XR in broadcasting. So this is great, Um, I've learned a lot. Um, Wondering where people can see the kind of work that we're talking about, as well as how can people get in touch with you to learn more?
1: So probably the best place to go is to our website, it's disguise.one and check out the Insights Hub. There's multiple XR projects, Um, that are currently being realized through XR. And XR Studios are popping up in new places every day. We're hearing of new studios and volumes that uh, are interested in our technology. And and we're working with them to enable those studios to to be built. Um, So you can find some stories there. There's also, we're on social channels, so you can look us up on Instagram, which is at disguise underscore one. Um, and there you'll see lots of examples of, of the kind of shows that we're involved in. And also we'll be releasing an industry guide ebook uh, in the coming week or so, and that's on broadcast. So keep your eyes peeled for that as well.
0: Oh, amazing. Yeah, we'll have to do a link to that in the, in the show. Um, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Simon, for joining me today. I really appreciate your insight um, and your expertise in sharing that with us. Um, thank you so much. And thank you all so much for listening. We look forward to being back together next month. Thank you.